0: Hello and welcome to today's edition of Family Life Today, hosted by Dave and Ann Wilson with Bob Lapine. Family Life Today is presented by Power to Change, known in the US as Family Life. We hope the program will encourage you in your most important relationships.
1: How long was it after we got married that you realized I'm not the amazing guy you thought I was? <laughs> Uh, Please don't say like, an hour.
2: uh, Actually, do you want to know, like, are you really asking me this? Yeah, I'm asking you this. I mean, I know it,
1: and our listeners know, at the six-month mark, you said marrying you is the biggest mistake of my life. So (laughs) they know it happened at month six, but did it happen before then? I'm, I'm sensing that it did. Like Honeymoon?
2: Welcome to Family Life Today, where we want to help you pursue the relationships that matter most. I'm Ann Wilson.
1: And I'm Dave Wilson. And you can find us at FamilyLifeToday.com or on our Family Life app. (laughs) This
2: is Family Life Today. Probably a month in. We are driving to staff training for crew. So we're driving cross-country in our car. It's this old Saab had broken down three times. We call it the
1: Saab story. And the
2: first two times, we're like, oh, Jesus, you'll take care of us. We
1: trust you.
2: And then we had spent the night somewhere in nowhere, Nebraska. And they
1: supposedly fixed our car.
2: And the next day, it breaks down again. And I'm like, I turned to Dave. We'd just been married maybe three weeks. I'm like, hey. I did not think you're going to tell this story. Yes. Like, should we pray about it? He goes pray. You think there's a God that hears us? He doesn't hear us. He doesn't know what's going on. And he gets out of the car. He takes his pants off on the highway because we no took a shortcut. To... We're in nowhere, anywhere, We're Nebraska. in the desert. And he takes his shorts off. He's in his underwear walking no no, no 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 i
1: put on oh. i took off my jeans and put on shorts you're acting like i'm walking, walking down, this...
2: down the highway yelling <laughs> yelling at god so that was the moment And i'm sitting in the car i'm 19 years old and i'm like i'm thinking oh, is this really the man i married
1: <laughs> well the reason i bring it up is. did you uh, think
2: i was gonna go there
1: no <laughs> Obviously, I did not think you're going to go every there. Every
2: married couple has a story And about you know what?
1: That. Someday we're going to tell the end of that story because <laughs> it ends pretty good. But yeah, I was thinking every, not just married couple, every person I think. In life. Has a uh, an expectation about what life will be, what their marriage will be, their job. Yeah. You can put anything you want in that blank. And usually, if not always, it doesn't match up. To the expectation. And then you're like, what do I do now? That's universal. Yes. And so we've got the woman in the studio today to help us with this (laughs) universal problem. She's written a book about I mean in fact who cares about the book. You've lived (laughs) this out in your life. So I would just say, Welcome to Family Life Today, Ashley Hales. Thank you for being here.
3: Thank you. It's such a pleasure. And I do want
1: to hear the end of that story. It sounds amazing. Well you're over there laughing at all. The whole thing. I mean, is that similar to uh, a story or two in your life?
3: We had, well, we had a story. My husband and I went to Aruba with like our for our honeymoon. We had this cool jeep, and then the the seat belt didn't work appropriately. And yeah. so the next day, he's like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm a husband. I'm gonna take care of this. Like, go do business, you know, in there and try to get an upgrade. And then he came back and he was feeling really proud of himself It's was like why do you have to be such a jerk and so that started on our honeymoon so there you are <laughs>
2: oh he went in like the tough guy Yeah, like, I'm like get this right happen yeah,
1: yeah oh well here here's the thing that a lot of people don't know about you how long ago was that how long you've been married
3: we have almost been married 20 years
1: 20 years yeah. four kids later yes
3: and here we are you
1: got one of your, your, your oldest Ezra is on this trip with you to yes, Orlando. You have yeah. your
3: doctorate. I
1: do. Maybe we should
2: call you Dr. Ashley. Sure. What's in your doctorate in name? what? PhD? In English literature. Wow. Mm. Yeah.
3: Wow. I thought I was going to be, you know, professor and do that whole thing, and then hmm. had lots of babies and lots of moves with my husband's ministry position, and he's a pastor. Yes. So, yeah, he's a pastor in Colorado. And, yeah, God, you know, tends to give us different. Things than we planned. You know, Wendell Berry says we live the given life and not the planned life. Uh, and I've held on to that because it gives me some hope in the midst of when we have all these expectations and they are dashed often.
1: Yeah, well, let's talk about that. You've yeah. written uh, a book called The Spacious Life. Trading Hustle and Hurry for the Goodness of Limits. And you start the book with sort of your story Mm -hmm. of what you hoped and expected and what you got and how you deal with that. So... Tell us that story, because it has something to do with limits, and as I read it, I thought, we've all experienced this in a different yeah. way, oh, and it's hard.
2: I totally related to it. I'm starting the book like, yes, yes, <laughs> and yes. Yeah.
3: So share. take us yes. back to Scotland. Yes, so a year after my husband and I were married, after we'd gotten through the seatbelt incident, well, we went off to grad school to Edinburgh, Scotland. He did seminary there, and I started a PhD program in English literature, and we kind of felt like... We are amazing Americans. We're, like, cool enough to live outside of America, and we're obviously smart enough to get into these programs, and we can travel around very cheaply, and we have friends from all over the world. And so even though we were eating, like, ramen, we just, you know, we kind of felt like, okay, life is about to start. And then we moved back home, and we found ourselves pregnant with Ezra. And which was a delight, but also not exactly my plan. Um, And so we tried to figure out, okay, how are we going to live this kind of adventuresome, gospel-oriented life with, we ended up having four children in pretty quick succession. And I just was hit again and again with my limits, the limits of my body, the limits of my time and I know so many different things God uses, not necessarily parenting, but it could be marriage. It could be a place you live or a career. So many things bring us to the end of ourselves. Mm. And the question is, what are we going to do with that? Is that a doorway into a more spacious life or are we going to blame God?
2: I was right there with you. Dave and I were married six years before we had kids. We are doing ministry together. Mm-hmm. We're thinking we are going to change the world totally. together. We're going to impact <laughs> this world for Jesus. And we're like, and having babies, we'll just do it with our babies. Right. They'll just like well, come along. <laughs> Dave kept doing it. And I was left at home. Mm-hmm. Here I am raising these kids. Like It's, it's an amazing mm-hmm. gift from God. Yeah. And yet I kept looking outside right. thinking, I wish it could have looked like, Like I thought it was going to Mm -hmm, look like mm -hmm. I didn't just become a mom really naturally. It was hard for me. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, as you said, maybe it's their job. That's Mm -hmm. not what they thought Mm -hmm. their career path. Maybe it's friends or maybe women thought I thought I'd be married by now. Mm -hmm. And so there's so many things that are disappointing. And when you say a spacious life, what does that mean? Mm -hmm.
3: You know, I love... Um, One of the psalmists in Psalm 18 talks about, you know, he has brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. And I just, I, I love that verse because really what it, it, it communicates that there is this sense of spaciousness that is born from God's rescue. And it's not something that we create often. You know, when we think about a spacious place or a spacious life, we can tend to think, oh, well. That'll happen if I ever get to go to Fiji, you know, <laughs> <laughs> stay in one of those huts above the turquoise yes. water. That's a spacious life. Or, you know, when I get this promotion or when my kids leave the house or when my marriage is really thriving and flourishing – But I think what is so beautiful about the gospel is that it's actually in our limits as we press into who Jesus is and we are connected to God that we can experience that spaciousness.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. the question would be how, because when limits come in, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if this is universal or not, but I think it is, no person I know wants limits. Mm -hmm. We sort of, we rebel against them, like, give me space, give me freedom to accomplish everything I think God's called me to Mm -hmm. do. And yet life limits, pain limits. We talked about kids, you name it, which Mm -hmm. are, are a gift from God, but you feel like I'm sort of pressed in. It isn't spacious. Right. So how do you find a spacious life in the middle of a limiting life?
3: Yeah. I think there's lots of different ways that we tend to deal with our limits. We can kind of try to control them or we can ignore them and escape from them. We can try to hustle past them. We can... Fall into shame often if we hit a limit, like something's deeply wrong with us. We blame other people in our circumstances. And those are all really like unhealthy ways of dealing with our limits that really started in the garden, right? Garden of Eden. But what is so beautiful is that our limits are actually built into creation. So before sin entered the world, there were limits, right? Like mm. that planets have orbits. They couldn't just like go wherever they wanted and, you know, and that. The ground had cycles of fallow and flourishing. Like These were natural, good, God-given limits for creation, and that they were to tend a particular spot of land. And so I think part of how we learn to actually live with our limits well is firstly to realize they're good, that they're part of God's good creation. He said it was
2: good. Which is a great point because a lot of people would say God's limitations are because he's not a good God. Yeah. Like, what kind of God would give us limits? Right.
3: Yeah, but really, it's so fascinating. Like the word transgression that sometimes we use for sin actually means to go beyond, to to move past something, to bypass limits. And so one of the first sins, really, Adam and Eve, they're bypassing, they're transgressing their limits because instead of choosing to submit to God's authority, they're taking it into their own hands. Mm. And we do that all the time, every day. And so I think we first have to realize that. Our God given limits are good. They're intended for us to flourish. And they're out of His love mm-hmm. to give us yes. good. Yeah. So I think we have to remember that limits are good. And then also, Jesus, being both God and man, dealt with limits. And so as we look at the life of Christ, we can look at the way that He embraced His limits. Mm hmm as a pattern for our own lives too. What do you mean by that? What kind of limits did Jesus have? Well, he was human. <laughs> so, you know, he's leaving heavenly glory and he's born into flesh. And so he is a man, right? With a body and with like living in a place and among particular people in a particular historical moment of time. Um, so he shows us how to do that, you know, and then he, and all, he obeyed. By right. Exactly. Perfectly. Exactly. Yeah. So like when he's tempted by Satan goes into the wilderness, Satan's like, Feed yourself, turn these stones into bread. And he's like, no, I'm actually going to choose to wait on God, right? That because that is who I trust, not myself to like hurry and hustle past. Um, And I think there's just so many lessons in the life of Christ that just remind us that if we actually live God's way, we will live much more free, much more joyful and having
1: so much more purpose,
3: even when those limits pinch a little too. Mm.
1: Why is it that we, and maybe I'm just talking for me, but I think I'm talking for most of us, we resist limits. Mm-hmm. We, In fact, one of my struggles with giving my life to Christ, I didn't do it until I was a junior in college, so I was almost 20 years old, mm-hmm. was all I ever heard about the Christian life was what it was going to limit me. Right. I only heard what you got to stop doing and give up. I don't think I really understood and, and, and really never heard oh, but what you get yeah. is unbelievable. I just was like, oh, man, I can't do this anymore. I can't <laughs> right. do that. Yeah. Who wouldn't want that life? Right. That uh, looks really limiting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what is it in our in our DNA or yeah. our soul that says, no, limits are not good?
3: Yeah. No, I think since Adam and Eve, we have been rebelling against God's good limits we want the power and control right Mm -hmm. we want to orchestrate our own lives we want to be the sovereign masters and monarchs of our own lives but we know that that always leads to exhaustion it leads to destruction you know addiction addiction i mean a million different things even if we have a quote-unquote good life where we're you know happily married and things seem to be successful It's like we're on this moving walkway at the airport that just keeps going, right? You can never get to the thing that you think will satisfy you. You know, the goalposts always continually move back until we really find ourselves in God's story with God's good guardrails kind of hemming us in. We won't begin to really experience that kind of joy and peace.
2: I thought it was interesting that you say, I wish someone had told me to begin to pay careful attention to my limits, that there was a spacious life in there too. Mm -hmm. And so take us back to, you're a mom, Mm -hmm. you have four kids, you have your doctorate, but you were feeling so limited. Mm -hmm. What happened to make you realize, oh, wait, maybe this isn't a limited life. Mm -hmm.
3: You know, I think like you were saying earlier, I had so much attachment to what kind of our 21st century American life says is a good life, right? Like that you're productive, that you're contributing to society by, you know, in, in really visible and measurable ways, you know, like you're earning money. And here I was not earning money. I was staying home with our four kiddos, not doing the things that I thought I was supposed to be doing. Um, But in those years, particularly, God was inviting me into communion with himself. And so all of those times where I would be praying with a girlfriend, tearful prayers about what are we doing or we messed up on parenting or we can't seem to get our house clean, you know, like those were formative years to remind me that Jesus is enough and his church is enough and I will never really solve my identity problems by like being productive or more efficient or you know having certain letters after my name that really all of our limits are an invitation to know god and to make him known and that's
1: the point one point early in your book i was reading this paragraph and i thought so many people relate to mm-hmm. this feeling you said the questions you're asking where had the good life gone where mm-hmm. had i gone yeah Sometimes I railed at God about uh, why the the options had dried up, but more often I just ignored Him. I'd go to church but not read my Bible. My perfunctory prayers were more out of duty than interest in God's response. I felt constrained, boxed into a new role. Man, I'm reading that. I'm like, <laughs> that sounds like a majority of us, mm-hmm. or a majority of people in the church. It just feels like uh, I'm either mad at God or maybe I've even gotten beyond it. I'm just, I'm just. I'm numb mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ignoring him because I feel like this is all his fault yeah talk about that
3: I think you know particularly being that we don't tend to value things like caregiving whether it's for young moms or for you know caring for elderly parents or even like teaching or other professions where people are offering care to the same extent as you know maybe the executive in the corner office who's jet setting around the world <laughs> to the extent that we're not actually valuing those sort that type of work those people especially can feel invisible mm-hmm. in society and we don't have you know unfortunately i don't think that maybe it's just our busy lifestyles but the church has not provided we haven't done a great job as the church to like provide that sort of safety net and kind of thick community that would allow people to feel seen so i think maybe that's you know of the call of the church is to be that thicker tighter woven net uh to begin to value those things that our culture might not value so that we can at least begin to see one another so then we don't feel unseen by god i think that would be a beautiful movement
1: forward yeah and i would add that i think uh, when we're where you were mm-hmm. and i'm not saying we won't be there yeah. in the future because right. there are days right. and there could be months or seasons in our life where it just feels like we're being limited again or yeah. we're in a in a valley and he's not there. And yet I think even in your experience, I know in our experience, he often shows up in people. Yeah. In a person to remind us, oh, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, these limits, I actually know all about them. And yeah. there's a spacious life actually in them. It may oh. not turn out the way you think, but I'm here. You know, it's really interesting if, if you go back to a highway in Colorado. Yeah. When I'm ripping off my shorts and screaming at God, and literally I start walking down this (laughs) desert road. There's nobody coming. There's snakes. We actually thought, the car's fixed, so we'll just take a shortcut. So we get off the main drag, Uh. which was the worst decision in the world, (laughs) and it breaks down again. And I look back, and Anne's literally sitting in the car looking at her newlywed husband who's screaming at God as I walk away. Nobody's going to hear me anyway. Right. And – Long story short, and it's a long story, is I start to calm down. Again, I'm out there by myself, and Mm -hmm. then I pray. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, God, yeah, I know you're here. I don't know what's going on. We're supposed to be here at a certain time, or we have to pay late fee, and I'm Mr. Tightwad. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to trust you. Somehow, you're going to show up and and get out of the car. We were very limited. Yeah, oh, that's what it looked there like. there were no options. Hopes of, right? you know, <laughs> and there's nobody driving down this road, so it's like, okay, so we have to just start walking
2: Yeah,
1: and a car comes by. We're by
2: hitchhiking. Yeah, the we highway. stick our thumb
1: out. Yeah. 30 minutes between every car. And all of a sudden, this one car comes by. And we prayed. Yeah, mm-hmm. we probably walked several miles. Like it's Jesus. 100 degrees. This yeah. guy pulls over and gets out and goes, hey, is that your sob back there? You know, like he passed it like, uh, Yeah. He goes, uh, "What's up?" We go, "We don't know. The car's broken. We can't. It won't start." Where are you going? We're like, "We're going to Fort Collins, Colorado. It was two, three hours away." Yeah. He goes, "Huh? That's where I'm going. Really?" He goes, "Where are you going to Fort Collins?" We are going, "We have to go to the student union at Colorado State University." Huh? That's where I'm going. I'm like, "You're on staff with Crew, because that's where." Right staff he's going to be goes no i'm a professor at colorado state university i need to stop there to get another car oh, wow. he goes hey i got a tow rope how about i just tow you to the student union at colorado state university we're like are you serious uh-huh. long story short He towed us there. The best thing about it is no gas money. It was free.
3: (laughs) You 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 even got that part. He tows
1: us into this parking spot, and we show up five minutes before the deadline. And, you know, you look back on that moment, and, again, I'm not saying every sob story in your life, every limit, every valley you're in. God does it like this.
2: But I would say day But two. he did that
1: day. And it was just mm. a reminder. God was there. He's got us.
2: It was a great reminder to me because I was looking at my husband thinking, is this who I married? Mm-hmm. And yet that's where we go a lot of times when we feel like we're limited. Yeah. I'm limited by this spouse that I married or this job that I have. But when you change your gaze, Go vertical. And you look to God, you go vertical. All of a sudden, you see everything in a different light. Mm -hmm. It's the spacious light where God is saying, I am your provider. I am your redeemer. I am your comforter. I am the one who offers grace. It's I'm going gospel. to show you who I am
1: Yeah. right here, and when, right now. When I
2: see God that way, then I look at Dave in a different way, and I look at my circumstances in a different way, mm-hmm. because he is a God who redeems us if we will only look to him for that spacious mm-hmm. life.
0: the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. If you would like to purchase the CD of today's program, email us at radio at powertochange.org.au Or go to the podcast section of our website, families.powertochange.org.au, where you'll find lots of information, news and resources. You're invited back tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today presented by Power to Change in conjunction with this radio station.